Hello, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And my site's myersdetox.com. We have hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, and we also have hundreds of articles as well on the topic of detoxification, the best supplements for detoxification, uh, all, all about how to detox your body and prep your body for detoxification of heavy metals and chemicals. And uh, if you want to get on our newsletter, we give you guys lots of, of specials and keep you up to date on all the latest research on how to properly detox your body. So go sign up to get our newsletter at myersdetox.com. Our guest today is Tara Youngblood, and we're going to be talking about the top 10 tips to reprogram your sleep using light, temperature, and how to and stress reduction as well. We talk about so many different tips. I know you guys out there that are struggling with sleep, especially during this just absolutely unprecedented, crazy time. I know so many of you guys are, are struggling out there, and I certainly was in 2020. I was my sleep just went went out the window and I just I was just reaching for everything. I, I kind of revisited sleep, revisited what are the top things out there right now that are gonna help me. And I got I got an aura ring and I got trying all these different things. And then I discovered the chili pad and the company sent me one and I tried it. It was unbelievable. It completely changed my sleep. I stopped night waking. I just love this thing. And I wanted to have Tara come on the show to talk about the, the research behind it, why it works, why temperature regulation is so important when you're sleeping. And, and but we talk about so many other things about how to optimize your sleep. So this is a really, really good show. Tune in if you want to optimize your sleep, you know, to optimize your health. And I know you guys tuning in are also concerned about detoxification. Believe me, you have to sleep if you want to detox. It's one thing I, I work on. I pro, when I'm working with clients, I prioritize getting uh, getting them to sleep because if, if you're not doing that, you, you can't detox. It's just, it's not going to happen. And I know you guys are concerned about toxins and your, the level of chemicals and what heavy metals you have in your body. So that's why I created a quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com to help you know you figure out your relative body burden of toxins. And after you do take that quiz, you get your results, which are you know interesting. And then you get a free video series that answers a lot of your frequently asked questions like you know, how long does it take to detox and what kind of testing should you do? Just answers a lot of different uh, questions that you guys have you're starting out about detox or even if you're an old pro and have tried a bunch of different things uh, go check it out at heavymetalsquiz.com our guest today tara youngblood uh, she is the co-founder and ceo at chili sleep and author of reprogram your sleep the sleep recipe that works and is a highly regarded international speaker Tara has extended her expertise to a wealth of high-profile pro platforms, including TEDx, Skookum Tech Talks, and National Sleep Foundation's Sleep Show. You can learn more about Tara and her work at thesleepgeekcoach.com, and you can learn more about the chili pad that her and her husband developed at chilitechnology.com. Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what inspired you to create uh, the chili pad? So just so you guys know what this is, it's a, a pad you put on your bed that cools you down. 
while you sleep. I have one. It's unbelievable. I've been using it for about a year. Totally changed my sleep because I'm a hot sleeper and I wake up a lot. Uh, I wake up if I get hot and ruins my sleep if I get hot. And the chili pad is uh, just beyond amazing. So what inspired you to create this? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. Todd's uncle, Todd is my husband and, and co-founder and uh, his uncle invented the waterbed. And so, you know, um, <laughs> that's awesome. 2007, you know, people were adjusting pressure in like a slick comfort kind of bed. And we're like, I want to be able to adjust temperature. I want to be able to do like, you, you know, in your car where the driver and passenger get different uh, temperatures. We've always slept at different temperatures. I think uh, statistically that's you know, most partners in bed do that. Um, so we're not unusual, but he would love to sleep on a slab of ice. And I actually wanted to, I still want to warm up to sleep. And so it was an opportunity for us to each have our own remote control. So that's sort of the, the genesis of where it started. But then, you know, I've never been a good sleeper. And, and I think it expanded into further of like, wow, this temperature thing is, is way more than this, that comfort control. Um, but it actually does a lot of magical stuff for sleep as well. Yeah. My husband's the same way. He grew up in the Amazon in Colombia, So he likes it really hot. And see, he doesn't, he likes to sweat and, and that I will die. Like I have to have it really, really cold. And, um, I like it, I like the chili powder, like 72 degrees and I get nice and chilly and, and I, it prevents waking up. I might wake up once, but if I'm hot, I'll wake up three or even four times. And it's really, really disruptive. So this is a brilliant technology. So, you know, so many people have sleep issues. I, I've certainly have suffered in the past from, from sleep issues, but millions of people have disruptive sleep and it, it dramatically impacts their weight, their immunity. I mean, it has such huge ramifications on their health. Can you talk about why people are having so many problems sleeping? Yeah, so I there's there's all sorts of reasons and you know, I think one of the biggest ones is is stress is one of those biggest factors that we don't assume um, that's going to have an impact on stress, but our stress that we carry around is is a big impact on whether we can fall asleep, whether we stay asleep, even just how our metabolism reacts in our own bodies. So when we think about stress, you know, it's about managing that throughout the day. Um, you know, stress was designed to help us if we're being chased by a lion. And, you know, despite all the other stresses we have in our lives, it's, it's really, we're not about to have our arm ripped off. And so all those physiological responses that stress does for us can prevent us to sleep because obviously if a lion's about to attack us, you know, we want to prevent sleep. And so stress is, is really kind of the first enemy to kind of manage and keep manageable. I have four boys. So we, we talk about stress in terms of monsters, but you know, um, the, the stress hormone of cortisol is, is actually a good hormone. You know, you wake up in the morning and you want to have a reasonable size of it. So it's a cute, friendly monster. Um, when it gives you that boost in the morning and you're working out you get that burst of cortisol, you feel ready to go and do your day. That's a good friendly monster, but if he gets out of control and you know, pandemic or financial stress or relationship stress or work stress or whatever it is you're lying in your day. If that gets out of control, by the time you go to sleep, then it's a really big, ugly monster. And that's when it's really hard to sleep with. So, 
you know, first impact is, is try to manage your stress and that, that can be easier said than done. Um, but it, it is worthwhile to take those moments and take those timeouts to manage stress. And these days, all of us feel stress, you know, uh, 2020, 2021 now, the COVID stuff, it's, it's a different world and there are stresses and it's hard to escape, but even just one minute of breathing. And when I say breathing, it's like, take a, a shorter breath in than out and just, just take 60 seconds to yourself. Um, try to, for me, I try to anchor it to every time I go to use the restroom because I have to do that anyway. So like just take an extra minute and um, it does an amazing job of flushing out that extra cortisol. Um, so that's, I think, number one. But as far as temperature, our lives are nothing like we evolved in, you know, living in caves or outside where the temperature was much more like being outside. And we don't live that way now with uh, central air or central heating, the same temperature all day in our office, in our homes. We're not spending the same amount of time outside to basically trigger those changes. And temperature has a unique role in triggering changes throughout your day. And you can see this, if you look at sort of circadian rhythms, you'll see that your core body temperature does sort of a roller coaster throughout the day and different times of the day will be up and different times of the day will be down. Well, when you wanna to go to sleep at night, it drops just like the temperature outside does. And when you figure that we have foam mattresses that are absorbing heat and, and not letting us get cooler, we cover up with blankets because that feels warm and snugly, but we're basically insulating ourselves as these engines at night and we're not allowing sort of that ventilation of cooling to happen. So we have to be able to give that heat off. And that's really where our product does help sort of keep you and maintain that, that cooling part. But temperature is just a really big part of that sleep switch. So Clifford Zapier out of Harvard was the first person to coin that, but it really is a switch in your brain that is triggered. It's not a conscious one even, but if there's a change of temperature in the evening when you're trying to sleep, it'll help release serotonin and melatonin naturally and help you fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, because we, we need to recreate our ancient environment. I mean, mm -hmm. how we developed you know, over millions of years, how our bodies evolved, and that is kind of recreating uh, our environmental cues that, you know, set our circadian rhythms. And I think when people get out of sync with nature's circadian rhythms, that's when they start having problems with sleep and, and all that stuff. So, so how can we best support optimizing our circadian rhythms? So we're tired of getting sleepy when it's time to go to bed and staying asleep. And then, so that facilitates us being able to be alert and productive during the day. Yeah, well, the, the first thing is it's helpful to know the when part. Um, and we're all a little bit different. And you've probably heard of being a morning person or a night person. You know, there's those of us that like to wake up early in the morning or those of us that like to stay up late. That sort of part of our personality is actually a genetic trait um, that we were born with. And that gene kind of governs that. But you can take a chronotype test that's called a chronotype. And that'll kind of help give you a, a perspective on your clock of when your optimal time is to go to sleep and when your optimal time is to wake up. And you can kind of get some a, a benchmark. And so what you need to be thinking about then is similar to, we talked about that switch, that light switch of you need to make sure in that window, you really are trying to activate sleep because your body clock is gonna keep going with or without you. So if you decide to stay up 
two hours later, that just means your body clock has been clicking away at those two hours of sleep. And that makes it harder to get, especially deep sleep, because that tends to be the first half of the night. Um, and so if you start two hours late, you're just kind of missing out on, on two hours. And there's there are some ways to hack through that. But in general, we want to be conscientious if we do that all the time. Now, everybody stays up late and hangs out with friends uh, occasionally. And so if it happens occasionally, not a big deal. But we, on average, we want to be trying to think about our clocks yeah. and, and when is the right time. And, and the same for waking up. It's it's fun to want to sleep in. Today in North Carolina, it's cloudy and, and rainy. And it's that day where you want to stay in bed and pull up the covers and sleep longer. But just like you want to turn on sleep, you want to turn it off as well. And so if you wildly swing your sleep schedules, you'll see it in healthcare workers or shift workers. You're constantly in a state of flux and your body likes regularity. It likes a system. It likes a plan or a recipe, whatever you want to call that sort of methodical nature. And so if you're all over the place where you get up at five during the week and then sleep until noon on Saturdays, that swing can cause you to feel exhausted all the time and not make you, you know, your body can't figure out which way it's supposed to go. So understanding that if you can wake up fairly consistently as well, again, there's always exceptions, but try to keep the on and off switches in their buckets of time. I would love to be able to sleep in, but that just doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know why for, for my whole life, I wake up at six or 7 a.m. Like no matter what time I go to bed, I know I'm waking up at 7 a.m. So I've just learned if I want to get a good night's sleep, I have to go to bed at, you know, at least 10 p.m. Uh, or I'm just not going to, it's not going to happen. But yeah, so, you know, sleep is so important for recovery and regeneration. And, uh, and I think as people don't realize that they'll, they're like, oh, I'll just sleep. I'll just sleep when I take a dirt nap. <laughs> but the the it, the problem is if you short changers like you go to bed really really late at midnight 1 a.m. or what have you I mean that that just has devastating effects for your your body's regeneration for your ability to detox your liver starts detoxing around 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. rather and uh, you're just missing out on all of that if you short change yourself on sleep can you talk a little about that. Yeah, so sleep is all about that recovery time. And I really think about it in terms of a retirement savings plan. So, you know, we in, we teach our sort of young people, 20 something, if you say, start saving up now, by the time you're in retirement, you know, you're investing in your future. And really sleep is, is a long-term play like that. Everybody can miss a night or be short sleeping and you can survive and say it's not, and then sort of trains us to think this isn't a big deal. But if we never, ever put money in that bank account, we never, ever sort of save up that that equation, especially when combined with stress, is now what's leading to autoimmune diseases. They're seeing it in Alzheimer's. Um, you know, your brain actually cleans the plaques out that are attributed to Alzheimer's every night during deep sleep. Your spinal fluid will rinse your brain and, and, and help maintain the health of it. But again, if you're never in deep sleep, it, it cannot do that. And so over time that builds up. And so they're now attributing every disease of the elderly to a lack of deep sleep at some point. So it's, you know, really important, you know, in that long-term play. And it's, again, it's super easy because it, it feels like 
when you give up time for sleep, you feel like, well, I can't do anything. I'm not productive, but actually it's the opposite. Your body's very productive during that time. It's just, you may not be crunching it out on your computer, but that, that time is invaluable for your body to recover and rejuvenate and every aspect from your liver to your memory. It's, it's all really important for sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, just because your eyes are closed doesn't mean you're getting quality sleep. And I think I got an aura ring a couple of years ago and I started tracking it. I was really, you know, surprised to, I was kind of testing what was working, what would help me get deeper sleep. And, uh, you know, especially with 2020 and just that whole, just, just nightmare of 2020. Um, I mean, my sleep just took such a nosedive. And so I was just re looking for every single thing I could to optimize my sleep. And then you guys sent me a chili pad and it was, it was revolutionary. It was amazing. I saw much better improved sleep scores with my aura ring, with my heart rate variability. It was a, a huge, huge change for me. I saw that also with CBD. Now I'm using CBN, which also helps with sleep. So I was just trying all different kinds of things, uh, melatonin, et cetera. But I, I was really surprised by how big a change I saw just by adjusting my temperature. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, honestly, you know, uh, talked about sort of that, you know, reason of why we invented it. And, and in all honesty, when we did, it wasn't uh, with a knowledge of even how much of a role temperature plays in sleep on, on how it activates and changes and, and what's going to change about your sleep is you're unconscious. So there's only so many things you can do. You know, you can do stuff during the day of not eating as late or cutting out caffeine later in the day or, or, you know, alcohol and all those other influences, even the stress one, there's only so much you can do. But then once you close your eyes, how do you keep telling your body that you really want that best sleep? Well, temperature talks to your hypothalamus, which is your unconscious part of your brain. So this is the, the measurement for, for your thermostat doesn't exist in your conscious mind as much as we like to think it is. It's a little wonky then. That's where some people will feel warm or you'll feel warmer or cooler if it seasonally changes. It's pretty subjective if you let your conscious mind do it. But your unconscious mind actually takes those cues and says, oh, it's cooling down. I'm going to do deep sleep. Um, and my core body temperature is able to drop those two degrees. And in that process, it's, it's basically telling it, yes, deep sleep. You can get deep sleep. It's nighttime. It's the right time you're cueing yourself. And so we are kind of faking that, you know, uh, sun going down cooler part of your night, but we're, or emphasizing it if you're actually sleeping at night. But we even find for shift workers, you can you can basically kind of fake the night and tell your body, hey, it's it's really time to get deep sleep now. And despite how long you spend in bed, it really does boil down to good quality sleep talk to people all the time that they've taken an Ambien or they're taking some sort of pharma to help them sleep. And all of those are hallucinogen drugs. And so, yes, you're unconscious, but it's kind of like you don't feel rested after surgery. You know, an anesthesiologist will tell you there's multiple levels of consciousness, but that's not the same as sleep. You know, you know, you're not sleeping while you're in surgery, you're knocked out. And that's really the equivalent of what's happening with those drugs. And so you're still not getting deep sleep. You're still not getting the rest you are, your body will slow down and that might be helpful for a short period of time. But the sooner we can get people off those drugs, the better. 
Yeah, the sleep meds, you're not getting a deep restorative sleep. Just check it for yourself. If you have an aura ring or any other kind of tracking device, uh, you're, you're not getting a restorative sleep. And, and for me, what was so incredible about using a chili pad was I started, I went into menopause last year and you know, I'm 48 and I started getting really hot at night when I was sleeping because estrogen helps to regulate your temperature. It is part of the mechanism that helps regulate your temperature. And, and I would just, I was getting hot flashes and I was sleeping much hotter at night. And it was, and I was wait, I was waking up like three and four times a night. It was driving me nuts. And the chili pad just really helped knock all that out. It was amazing. So I think it's really imperative for women that are going through menopause that are maybe aren't able to control their blood sugar or aren't able to, uh, or they're just kind of starting that or trying to figure out how to, you know, they can't control their body temperature. Uh, this is can really, really help change the game for you with sleep. Yeah. You know, the, the female body, there's perks to it, but there's definitely temperature is something even throughout your cycle will change for all of those reasons. It's obviously magnified during menopause or even during pregnancy. You'll see some of the same sort of fluctuations and wild temperature swings, but throughout our lives as, as women sleep and temperature is, is a bit of a, a mess. Um, but you know, that's one of those things we just need to like everything else be a little bit more thoughtful of and plan. And so even throughout your cycle, you may find yourself adjusting your temperature slightly to be a little cooler, um, especially as you're um, right about to get your period, um, you'll find that you start to heat up a little bit for some people. So it's really important. And, and unfortunately, any studies on sleep have not, because of those cycles, uh, been on women for the most part. And as a gender, we sleep way more poorly than men do. So, you know, it's, it's really important as women, we take care of ourselves. We, we carry more stress and we don't sleep as well. And that's not a good combination as we get older. Yeah. I find cause like we're, our brain is built to multitask and we're thinking about work we're cleaning the house and doing this and taking care of daddy's stuff too. And taking care of the kids and all this stuff we have to keep track of. I find that women can, their, their minds are just going, going, going. They have that tired, but wired uh, mm -hmm. kind of thing going on. So it's really important to work on those external cues like temperature and, and whatnot to, uh, to help facilitate sleep better. I was going to say one more thing on the menopause because we've done some studies. Um, and so it is really important to know the power of sleep is if you can mitigate hot flashes at night with temperature, you'll actually have less hot flashes during the day as well. And so it's, you know, by sleeping well, by investing in sleep, especially during menopause or pregnancy, or when all the, we're going through changes in our lives, it's, or mostly when you're under stress or any of those things, think harder about sleep instead of kind of being willing to give it up because it's, it really has a healing impact and the symptoms of whatever you're going through will be less when you sleep better. Sleep is just really powerful as a mitigator for those extremes. It may not stop it altogether, but it will definitely take it down a notch. Yeah, and that totally makes sense what you said about if you control your hot flashes at night, it controls them more during the day because what happens when you don't get enough sleep, you can have the, the blood sugar levels of a diabetic the mm -hmm. next day if you get five or less hours of sleep. And if you can't control your blood sugar, if your blood sugar shoots up, you're gonna have a hot flash. So that's kind of what, what precipitates that. Uh, what are some other things that, that happen to us when we don't get enough sleep? Yeah. So this one, when we lost our, our son, one of our sons passed away suddenly. And 
I, I didn't sleep for almost a year, really mm. very little. And so, you know, it's really the equivalent of being drunk. And the CDC has done studies. Um, the military has done studies even on sort of fatigue science. And if you're not sleeping, your cognitive ability is, is like having drinks and driving home. And we all the time, if, if, if you let someone do that, you'd be, uh, you know, socially ostracized for letting someone drive home drunk, but we do it with sleep all the time and we think it's okay. And we really need to get to a spot where we understand it leads to depression and, and a very bad cycle with mental illness. You know, it, there's so many ways in which the sleep factor contributes, but it, it is, it is horrible for our cognitive abilities. It is just, you might as well just have six drinks. If you miss five, you know, five hours or less of sleep, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's interesting going through the whole like nightmare of 2020 and, and whatnot, the pandemic. I was reading that the number one thing that you can do for any kind of, you know, illness is sleep. That's the best thing for immunity. And they, they noticed that about people's immune responses went down dramatically if they didn't have enough sleep. And I, I was looking at this research and it was just amazing. I was like, the, the number one thing is sleep to improve your immunity. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, if we really need eight hours of sleep every night, because that's kind of the the rule of thumb, it seems like. Where did that idea come from? Because we are all different. And I seem to just need seven hours of sleep a night. My eyes just, bloop, they just pop open after seven hours. And even though I want, I'd love to sleep more, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so so what's yeah, going no, on there? <laughs> that is one of my favorite questions. And uh, it, I really feel like it's become sort of this myth um, but eight hours actually evolved during um, the industrial age when factory workers petitioned to get eight hours off for rest time. And so we've, we've kind of done that, but you'll see cultures like Spain um, where there's a different culture of eating later at night. Um, and so even literary references from, you know, the 1800s or Dickens or whatever, we'll talk about first sleep or second sleep. Um, you know, we often did more polyphasic sleeps. We had naps. The siesta is a, is a real thing. Um, and in hot cultures, uh, resting in the heat of the day is, is pretty acceptable. And you'll actually see a little dip in that circadian rhythm of your core body temperature during the siesta hour. So it's a great opportunity if you're a shift worker to kind of match that as well. But we are all different. There's billions of us. And the thought that we all need to sleep you know, eight hours on the button is crazy. You know, it's, it's about being smart. So if you're tracking and you're sleeping 10 hours or more on an average basis, that's probably too much. And there's some, you know, you need to kind of look at that. And if you're sleeping like six hours or less all the time, you probably need to look at it. It's a benchmark, but it shouldn't be the ultimate deciding factor. It really is about quality. You know, it's kind of like dieting as well. Like you can eat just less calories, but if you're smart about what calories you eat, it's actually way more effective than just carte blanche take, taking everything off. Yeah. So it's about, you know, being smart about what you're doing and, and really like finding out for yourself, you know, for example, if you know seven hours, don't beat yourself up about not being eight, you know, listen to your body. And, and that's really the most important part is your recipe is yours. No one should be able to say, this is the one way. And I, I do feel like diet and fitness is finally getting to that same conversation of there's no one diet for every person on the planet. There's no one fitness plan for every person on the planet. There's not one sleep plan for every person on the planet. We're, we're all different. 
but yeah. it's our responsibility to, to know what's right for us. Yeah. And it takes some time to figure it out. It, yep. it absolutely takes time to play with different things and track things with, a, with an aura ring or, or other type of, you know, gadget out there. That's really, really helpful. So let's talk a little bit about um, like someone, what are some of the biggest factors in getting quality sleep? Because there, there's a lot of things that you kind of have to like check off the box to make sure you've got to have some sleep hygiene. I like to create my little cloud. You know, I have like my really nice sheets and my really nice pillows and my nice, my silk mask. And, and there's all these like little things that I've done because I, you know, have been at times in my life quite desperate to get adequate levels of sleep uh, because of stress or moldy house or whatever's going on. So beyond what I, I just mentioned there, what are some other things that people need to do to, to make sure they're getting optimal sleep? Yeah. And you know, I think it, it is going to be very different. You know, most of the things you talked about were sort of part of that bedtime routine. And um, you know, when you think about sleep, there's, there's multiple times where you're influencing sleep, whether you realize it or not, what you do first thing in the morning um, for a lot of people can impact that. So, you know, we want to be able to move our bodies and get sunshine. And, you know, that's one of the best recipes, even for a jet lag is, is to make sure you start your day again, turning off that sleep. So you start your, your march towards sleep and your body clock starts clicking of, I turned it off. Now I'm start clicking towards when I want to be able to turn it back on. So it, it really depends on what feels right for you. And obviously a, a morning person is going to be much more focused on turning off sleep, getting started on their day versus a night person. If they're having a hard time falling asleep, a little bit about fi figuring out when they should ideally go to sleep and setting their bedtimes may be a, a more important factor for them. And bedtime is a lot about that psychological part. So stress and mitigating stress and, and a, having a routine does help us mitigate stress because it feels like, okay, here's the pattern. But it, I think the one thing to keep in mind with sleep, if you aren't sleeping, your willpower, your ability to plan all loses its ability to have an impact. You know, that's where if you don't sleep, you eat more calories and they're bad calories. So if you're having a hard time sleeping, I would start thinking, you know, that's first thing in the morning, what do you want your bedtime to look like? And try to lay that out when you're at your cognitive best and you're not tired. And I think moms, we do that horribly because, you know, by the time you tuck in the kids and you put in that last load of laundry and you do the six more things that before you go to bed that you think you need to do, we're often too tired to try a new tea or get our masks laid out or things like that. So as you're as you're looking to try to revamp your sleep and start over, the most important part is think about what's going to feel good, but try to do it when you're at your cognitive best and put it next to your bedside or, or put it by your sink or wherever you need to go anyway. If you're going to brush your teeth, put out your things right next to where you brush your teeth so you like don't have to go hunt down the mask you know, or figure out what you need to do with that. Try to get your sleep environment in order so when you're tired, you can just crawl into bed and it's not one more source of stress. A lot of people stress about sleep and that actually causes more sleeplessness than the actual sleep itself. And so figure it out, lay it out, get excited about sleep, give it, give it its due, you know, anything that's respected, we, we do it better. We, we treat it better. So like lay it out just like you would your, you know, the idea of a she shed, get your gear, get yourself ready for bed and, and make that environment. So it feels snugly. I use a weighted blanket because the serotonin for me is fabulous 
great for anxiety, but again, it, it can't be something I have to go find last minute. It has to be there and on, right on my bed and ready to go. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. I like people, they can't go to sleep or they wake up and they get really frustrated. That used to be me. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like, uh, cause I knew that I wouldn't go back to sleep. I was going to be up for a couple of hours and you get that cortisol rush. And then there you went and you manifested not being able to go back to sleep. So you, you have to kind of manage that mindset. And, and I think also people that they get stressed about not getting enough sleep or they can't get enough done or they, they don't want to sleep because they want to get up and work out. And I think a lot of people have this come from this lack mindset, like they don't have enough time, they can't get enough done and there's nothing, but there, that's not true. You have plenty of time. You have an infinite abundance, but you have to kind of, you have to change your mindset about sleep and not, not be frustrated. You just have to check off all the boxes, all these things that you need to do. And, yeah, uh, and you know, will come if you if you get good sleep it's way you're just way more productive you actually do get that time back if you invest in sleep it really does come back around we've i've had multiple conversations where people weren't sleeping and they you know by the time you drag and have two cups of coffee to compensate for not sleeping if you actually sleep and you wake up and you get that half hour 45 minutes back of like drag or the post afternoon, you know, tired where you're not very productive again. If you're sleeping, you get that time back. So it is, it is worth that, that investment. Yeah. And I think it's also really important to, if you, if you have like emotional trauma to work on that, that can create constant stress and constant cortisol and stuff that you're not aware of that affects your sleep. And then don't eat before you go to sleep. I, I never sleep good if I eat right before I go to bed. You want to, that no, three, it's, three it's, hours at least. Yeah, that's a temperature play again, because your metabolism ramps up and alcohol is the same during the pandemic, especially you'll see the alcohol rates for people is through the roof. A lot of people are basically self-medicating towards that sleep. And although alcohol will relax you um, to fall asleep, the problem is the quality of what happens after that. Again, your metabolism's raised you don't end up getting deep sleep. So in essence, you pass out, but you're not getting great sleep. So try to keep it again out of that three hour window before bed. It's, you know, way better. Break the habit by making yourself a nice tea, make yourself a different kind of drink that's healthy for you instead of a drink drink, and then slowly work yourself out of the, the alcohol fix you want to do in the evening. Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I know so many people are imbibing because they have it reduces helps them to reduce stress, yeah. uh, but it causes more stress in the long run. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and also when you that you raise your blood sugar with food or that alcohol, you raise your body temperature and you're screwing up that circadian rhythm that your body is you know is needing to to stick to. So let's talk a little bit about you know so you have the chili pad and you have like two different versions. So one is one that you have is really cool. It, you can kind of set it to uh, like be colder at night and then kind of slowly warm up towards the morning when you wake, wake up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I use buckets. I kind of joke that it's probably because I have four boys and I have to put lots of things in buckets. <laughs> but I break sleep and your night into three different buckets because they are kind of messy. But bedtime is is about sort of what feels good. So for some people, it's a cool, crisp sheets. For me, it is warming up to, to fall asleep. I want a warm bed. And the Uller product al allows you to do that. But then it also allows you within sort of that 20 minutes, we want to fall, try to fall asleep within sort of 10 to 30 minutes. 
window. And then after that, you can make it cooler. So that's what I do. And when you do that, you're sort of facilitating that deep sleep again. So even if it feels good to warm up, you don't have to stay warm. In fact, that'll often cause people to wake up in the middle of the night is they've stayed too warm. And I did that wrong when I first started. I was like, I like it warm, but then I'd wake up in the middle of the night. And so this is sort of a response to that. So then you can set it cooler. But the other thing that happens is the second half of the night, your body is warming up equivalent of the sun rising and warming up the planet, your body's warming back up those two degrees. And so it wants it a little bit warmer. So some people wake up um, and be too cold. So it allows you in that second half of the night. And then we have a feature called warm awake, which again, when your body is warmed awake, actually releases the cortisol and helps turn off that sleep switch. Um, and so it's a, a great way to kind of boost you out of bed with a little bit of burst. And it sounds crazy because everyone thinks if you're a warm, snuggly bed person, you're like, oh no, it's a warm, snuggly bed. I want to stay asleep. But in the morning during that turning off time, that sleep switch is looking for that warming up. And so it does turn off sleep. And if your bed's really hot in the morning, people will not be able to stay in bed. You'll be fully awake. It's so interesting. All, all these little things that you have to think about. I mean, then there's, there's light also. Mm -hmm. uh, light plays a big role in regulating our circadian rhythm. Can you talk about how to optimize light in our environment and the problems with light and smartphones and televisions and stuff in the bedroom before you go to sleep? Yeah. So light is, is very similar in the sense that we have receptors for light that we don't really think about. So it also, as to your point, plays a role in that circadian rhythm. And so different people, just like the eight hours, it's important to keep in mind that um, temperature plays a role and maybe that's a bigger factor for you and light's not, or vice versa. Maybe light is a bigger factor for you and you need to mitigate it. So it is really important, of, even all the tips, Todd does not caffeine doesn't affect him at all. And so he could have a pot of coffee and go to bed. It, his, the receptors in his brain actually just are not open for caffeine. And so it is really important as you listen to the tips, understand that, you know, take away what works for you. But for a lot of people, light does make a really big difference. And so if you're on electronics, it's a, it's a something called blue light. And what happens at that frequency is it basically it's, it's stimulating your brain that it's again in that, oh, I should be awake. It's peak sunrise and I need to be you know, awake. And so it overstimulates your brain and doesn't allow it to release the melatonin. So what we wanna do is we wanna be able to basically start dampening the lights. That is one of the perks of some of those smart light bulbs is you can actually dim them or have a schedule to dim them. Um, try not to watch TV before bed. I know that's uh, again in the pandemic with binge watching. It's one more Netflix show is is really hard to avoid. But again, it, if you think about it in terms of setting yourself up for success, if you're having a hard time falling asleep, this is one of the ways in which you can really try to set that body into a, a good spot and sort of be kind to yourself. And so maybe instead of of watching TV, read a book and have a nice warm bath and create that routine of like, that's what I'm going to do to wind down. In essence, the Netflix show, which feels relaxing and, and good may not be the best thing for our bodies to help us sleep. There's, but there are lots of other ways we can do that. Yeah, I love taking an Epsom salt bath with some lavender essential oil. And I always sleep so good because that, that bath, it heats you up but then you cool down uh, really quickly. Actually, 
the net effect is it cools your body down. So you sleep better. So yeah, there's just so many, there's so much to this, <laughs> but, but I think that, you know, uh, using a chili pad is a great way to, you know, recreate our ancient environment, how our bodies were meant to, you know, uh, go to sleep and stay asleep. And especially like I moved to Mexico and it's going to get be getting really, really hot here. I am just like, I am ready. I am armed and ready. Cause I don't think that it's going to be like a hundred degrees and a 90% humidity. Like it's just going to be uh, really unbearable. So I'm so happy that I have my chili pad here. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, where people can learn more about the chili pad and some of the research that you were, you mentioned? Yeah. So you can always visit our website at chilitechnology.com. Then we have a blog there so you can read um, articles. I publish one a week. So there's tons of information there on everything from menopause to pregnancy and all the things we've talked about, circadian rhythm. There's a chronotype quiz there if you, if you want to take it. So all of those, you can also find me on social media as the sleep geek. So you can track me down and ask me questions there. I always love getting questions. So feel free to reach out if you're just curious or you want to know more about something, because yeah, we have to fix this sleep thing together. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, it's just this lack of sleep is such an epidemic and I feel like it's just going to get worse and worse and worse with the stress and all the EMF, the rising EMF in the environment. We didn't even go into that, but I love it that you have, you know, a lot of, you know, really uh, people that I respect in health, like Chris Kresser, who I absolutely love. Uh, I saw an ad that, that he was, uh, you know, recommending the chili pad and you have a lot of people that really are steeped in the research uh, really recommending your product. And, and I do too. I absolutely love it. And I, I just uh, thank you for developing this thing. I mean, there's nothing else out there like it. It's definitely unique and I, I highly recommend it. So you guys go check that out. And, and Tara, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox Podcast. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. And if you like what you heard today, we've got uh, hundreds of other shows. We're almost up to show 400. Uh, it's uh, you know crazy. I've been doing this for almost uh, nine years. Uh, but uh, we've got so many different shows on you know detoxification and um, all, all different ways to you know effectively detox your body and how toxins affect your body. And if you don't sleep your body is not detoxing. When I'm working with people, priority number one is getting people sleeping because your body, it just will not work correctly. It will, you will not have vibrant health if you don't sleep optimally. So it's, you, you have to work on this if uh, you're not sleeping well and regenerating. So Tara, thanks for coming on and uh, you guys, I'll talk to you next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.